everyone. This is Heidi St. John. I'm so glad you guys have joined me. Today is the first day that I will be teaching over at MomStrong International about how we have been made in the image of God. I'm going to give you just a little bit of a sneak peek into that study. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I'm glad you guys have joined me. As I said at the uh, onset of the show today, I am thrilled to be back in the teaching role at MomStrong International. For those of you who are not familiar with that ministry, I launched it several years ago as my way of sort of uh, addressing a problem that I see getting worse and worse in the church, and that is the problem of biblical illiteracy. So we have an entire generation of men and women who go to church but they don't know God's word. We know all the words to all the songs. We can raise our hands and sing hallelujah with the best of them. We got the the wackadoo prosperity gospel preachers breathing down our neck and putting out best-selling books. You've got people like Oprah Winfrey and dare I say it, Jen Hatmaker and and Rachel Hollis who are giving advice that is like, uh, that's what I would call sloppy agape, right? It's not a true representation of what God's word says. We need to be able to, to know God's word so that when the uh, when the culture starts creeping in and we start getting asked questions about why why we feel a certain way as Christians or why we act a certain way or why we believe what we believe, we can actually do what the Bible says, which is to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. And so uh, I'm very excited about this study. I went through a whole lot of, you know, kind of back and forth with regard to what I was going to teach. And I'm going to Uh, put out a list probably of the next several months. You can kind of see what's ahead. I've been working on this for a while and I'm very, very excited to be back in uh, this role again. It's something I love to do is teaching scripture to women. And so this is a great time for you guys to join that. It is a subscription service. It'll be about, I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of $10 a month, best $10 a month you're ever going to spend. You're going to get an entire month's worth of a Bible study that that, uh, will give you in the word of God four days a week. And then I teach once a week live on Zoom. And then we have something we call Kid Strong. There's an entire team of women that help me put this study out every month. And we're very excited to have you join us for a new season of Mom Strong International. So it really is an awesome opportunity for you to get to know God's word and be able to defend it. And I thought about talking in today, and I'm, I'm going to do this. I'll give you a little bit of a, of a sneak peek into this. But the reason I chose the topic of identity is because I think a lot of us, even Christians, women in the church, certainly this is true of us, we don't know who we are anymore. And this is where you see the the gender activists have come in and they've been able to get a stranglehold even on the church. And like me, you may have come from a home where this idea of belonging, uh, the idea of love, um, finding my self-worth and understanding who I am as a reflection of my creator wasn't modeled for you. My own home life was very, very different from my life at my grandmother's house. My earliest memories are of my dad telling me that uh, he wished I'd never been born. I tried to please him with good grades and a clean room, but those attempts fell short. And I seemed to be in just a constant disappointment to my dad. And I wanted to find my identity as his daughter but I never found it there. And for those of you who have been listening to this show for a long time, you've heard me talk about that relationship with my dad. And when I made the transition to motherhood myself, 
this sense of who am I still eluded me. I was absolutely a people pleaser. Uh, I was in performance mode almost all the time, but I didn't know who I was. I couldn't see myself rightly reflected through the eyes of the of the father. And so I wondered if I don't know who I am, then how can I help my children learn to become who God has made them to be? And if you've ever felt that way, you are going to love, uh, you're going to love this study. And if you've ever read Becoming Mom Strong, you know that eventually uh, God's tender, patient love restored my broken soul. And when I finally saw how loved I was, I began to realize that God's plans for me were loving. And when I saw myself as created on purpose and I accepted the Lord Jesus as my savior, the old things really could pass away. Now, that's not to say that we don't walk through difficult seasons. It's not to say that we won't still have to work through some of those hurts. There's nothing worse to me than a Christian who looks at what God says about his love for you and they decide, here's this person who comes from abuse or they come from a, a, a broken home or maybe they're in a bad marriage and they just decide to stuff all their emotions and never actually deal with the you know past trauma or past abuse or rejection or rebellion or whatever it was because that's not God's heart. But as we talk about God's heart for our unique identities, and this is what I'm gonna be doing all week with you guys, it's my prayer that you'll begin at least to take your past hurts, whether it's abuse or rejection or disappointment and see yourself through the lens of the one who made you. He created you on purpose with a purpose. And you're right here in this time in history, right? We've, we've all like lived through the Rona. Now you guys heard me for a year and a half. I just, it was a struggle to put into words what was happening to our country, to my community, to my family. And I found great comfort in knowing that God made me for this time in human history. And everyone who's listening to this, the same is true for you. You have created, you. God's created you at just the right time and put you in just the right place. And God loves you. He has plans for you that started long before your birth. It's one of the reasons why I am so ardently, passionately against abortion because God said that he has a passion for life that before we took a single breath the creator of the universe was making a plan for the life of that unborn baby so we're going to dive in this week and find out exactly why having a creator changes everything and I I guess I'll just start with the story some of you guys have heard the story so if you've already heard it um well settle in I'm just going to tell it to you again but years ago I was flying out to a women's conference and you know, I fly out of the Pacific Northwest all the time. And, and you know, if you if you fly in east, we got to get up at the crack of dawn because everybody in the East Coast is already three hours ahead of us. And so I get, I don't know, I'll, I'm up at three o'clock in the morning and boarding a plane at uh, 4.30 for a flight that leaves at 5.15. And I'm tired and I, uh, I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, you get on a plane. Well, this is, you know, pre-COVID. COVID has really messed up the airline industry. I mean, still. Right. I mean, there's still people that are just absolutely terrified of the air that they breathe. It's so sad. But anyway, that's a side note. But I sat down next to this guy and I put my headphones kind of around my neck. And uh, I've said before, you know, God's been doing a sanctifying work in my life through the process of airline travel for a very long time. I'm a diamond medallion with Delta, which basically just means I fly a lot. And I, I swear to goodness, you guys, a lot of those have been sitting 
in the middle seat, right? I've had people, you know, fall asleep on me, random strangers just fall asleep with their head on my shoulder. I had one guy threw up on me one time. I mean, I've had all manner of crazy craziness. And this was one of those flights. And so I, I get on the flight and I'm scrunched in between, you know, two people. I look to the person on my right who clearly is not in a conversing mood. And I was thrilled because I didn't really want to converse either. And then this guy on my left, super talkative, really bubbly. Uh, he starts asking me just all kinds of questions. Well, in my mind, I'm thinking, because we haven't lifted off yet, right? People are still boarding the flight. And he's starting to ask me all kinds of questions. Well, I know that if I if I'm in the mood for a conversation, then I can pretty much just talk about anything. But if I'm not, I better avoid two things. I certainly don't want him to know I have seven children. I absolutely uh, don't want him to know that I homeschool because then all of a sudden you're just, you know, you're rabbit trailing all over the place. And I had my headphones around my neck, which as every traveler knows is the universal symbol for I'm going to put these bad boys on and uh, don't talk to me. <laughs> so... But uh, this guy, this really super bubbly, gregarious, outgoing uh, professor from one of the most liberal universities I found out in Oregon, uh, didn't get the memo because he was asking me everything. And so we're getting ready to, now we're taxiing down the runway, right? And it's, you know, whatever, it's five in the morning. And he says, he says, so, you know, where are you going? And I said, oh, you know, Chicago. You know, I was going to really Tennessee by way of Chicago, but I... I was trying to just, you know, make, keep my answer short and sweet to, to the point. He goes, well, what are you doing there? I said, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, t- I'm attending an event. Quiet. Oh, well, what, what event is it? I said, oh, it, uh, it's a women's retreat. Oh, he said, well, um, uh, do, you, do you go to them, you know, very often? And I said, yeah, I, I've, you know, fairly, I, I've done it, well, a lot, really. <laughs> he goes, what are you doing there? I said, well, I'm actually speaking at it. I'm the speaker at this women's retreat. And he goes, really, do you have kids? Now, keep in mind, we're just, and we're, and the, you know, the plane's going faster and faster. We're getting ready for liftoff. And I'm like, okay, Heidi, navigate this thing, right? Uh, because I, I know that as soon as I talk to this guy about, you know, either having a bunch of kids or homeschooling or whatever, we're going to be talking the whole time. And I was hoping to get some work done. Well, we take off and he says, uh, do you have, do you have children? So I tell him, yes. And I'm kind of quiet. And he goes, oh, uh, how many kids do you have? And I'm I'm thinking to myself, this is it. This is it. I said, oh, seven. <laughs> he looked at me and he goes, I did not know people were still doing that in Portland. I was like, well, apparently, you know, I'm I'm a, one of the dinosaurs, one of the relics who still really believes uh, in, in children. I said, best thing my husband and I have ever done is have a big family. And he said, well, you must be exhausted. I said, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> That's a good Yes, I, I probably looked exhausted too. He said, well, where do your kids go to school? And I took my headphones off from around my neck and I wound the cord up and I pushed them underneath the front seat. And I was like, I homeschool them. He was like, no kidding. He goes, I have got some questions for you. And I was like, I bet you do. Because that's what happens to me every time I'm on a plane and somebody asks me about how many kids I have. And I tell them seven kids and I homeschool them. Oftentimes it goes into lots and lots of drawn out conversation, but I learned something very, very precious from this conversation. And I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'll finish the story. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So this gentleman now has engaged me in conversation. Now, I wish you guys could have seen us because we could not have been more different. I'm this, you know, white, suburban, Christian, homeschooling mom of seven. And he is a black, progressive, single professor at one of the most liberal universities in the state of Oregon. And as he, because I'm asking him a little bit about himself while he's asking me about myself. So I'm, I'm starting to kind of get a picture and I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to wind up in this guy's dissertation. You know, I talked to a, I talked to a crazy, you know, uh, a crazy homeschool mom. And he said, well, he said, I've got so many questions for you. And I said, well, fire away. And he said, all right. Uh, what do you think about gay marriage? Right out of the gate. I mean, I'm telling you what, I hadn't had any coffee. Uh, we had just lifted off and I'm watching the city lights of Portland, you know, fading beneath me. And I was thinking to myself, oh my goodness, I need the Lord's help right now because that is a, that, that's some really deep water that you just jump into. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I can see that we're kind of heading over the West Hills of Portland. And I know that the zoo is there. And so I'm stalling for time trying to help. I'm asking the Lord, give me words for this gentleman who I'm actually really enjoying talking to. And I said, hey, have you ever been to the Portland Zoo? And he just kind of looked at me like I had six heads. Like, what's that have to do with gay marriage? You know, right? And at the moment, I didn't know. <laughs> I'm still just fishing for something to help me. And I just, in the in the moments that followed, I knew exactly why the Lord had that thought pop into my head. I said, have you ever, have you been there recently? And he said, no. I said, I, I go there a lot. And he was like, well, with seven kids, I bet you do. Right. I said, have you ever been to the, uh, I've seen the Packy the elephant. Well, Packy's not there anymore, but the elephant exhibit, you know, and he said, oh yeah, it's amazing. I said, right. Do you know they have a new wolf exhibit? The penguin exhibit is absolutely amazing. And we're, you know, laughing about this. I said, have you ever seen the hissing Madagascar cockroaches? They've got a huge insect zoo now. And you can actually go and your kids can hold hissing Madagascar cockroach. Now, not me. I'm not doing it, but my kids have done it several times. And and uh, he's like, oh, yeah. You know, and I could tell he was not tracking with me at all. And I said, have you ever noticed that the sun comes up with spectacular timing every day, just on time? We can predict to, down to the minute when the sun's going to rise and when the sun's going to set. And it's never so close to the earth that the earth burns up. And it's never so far away that the earth, that we go into an ice age, right? That everything about the world that we're living in um, has purpose, has a rhythm, has a, a, a uniqueness about it. I said, I've had the privilege of holding seven newborn infants in my arms and I lost a baby to miscarriage. I said, you're never going to convince me that, uh, that there was some random explosion somewhere, some primordial ooze. And out of the primordial ooze came uh, a giraffe, a hippopotamus, and a, and a hissing Madagascar cockroach. And you became you and I became me. And no, I, I don't believe that. I can't believe it for one second. The sun comes up right on time, goes down right on time, just, just the right distance from the earth. I said, I just can't believe that I'm some random accident. There's too much, there's too much miraculous, uh, too many miraculous things that I see everywhere around me to believe that I'm an accident. I said, do you, do you believe that you're an accident? He said, well, I'm having a harder time. 
And I said, you know, my search for understanding of who I am took me to the Bible. And in the pages of the Bible, I learned that I have been created on purpose with a purpose and that I'm loved and, and the creator knows what's best for his creation. And in his word, he said that he made us male and female in his image. The creator, I said, listen, I, I went with my, my daughter to outdoor school, not that long ago. And she talked me into doing a pottery class with her. And I learned I am terrible at pottery. I really am. I'm terrible at it. I'm telling you what, it's much harder than it actually looks to make a bowl. I finally, you know, create this really lopsided, stupid looking bowl. But I'm telling you what, I love that bowl. We fired it anyway. And I thought, I'm going to give this to one of my kids for Christmas. And I'm going to give it to them with directions. They're going to feel so guilty for their whole life that their mom gave them a handmade, you know, bowl that they're never going to be able to get rid of it. <laughs> I have to keep it in my kitchen. And I said, I would give directions with it because I know what's best for that bowl. I made it. So if you, you can't leave it in a sink of water overnight, it'll degrade the, the material that I made the bowl out of. You can't drop it on the marble floor. It'll break. If you cook it over 350 degrees, uh, anything over 400, certainly, uh, it'll it'll crack. It won't be able to take the high temperatures or very, very cold temperatures. And I love that pot. It might be ugly, but it's mine. And I'm going to give it with instructions because I created it. And as the creator of that pot, I actually know what's best for it. I said, I believe I have a creator and having a creator changes everything. And if I have a creator, surely he knows what's best for me. And in his word, he said that he created his male and female in his image, that he was the author of marriage, that we were not created for homosexuality. And I said, so my thought and my opinion will line up with my creator on this. And it's not because I uh, am you know, homophobic, whatever that means, right? What a stupid thing to say, phobic. Like if you guys ever looked that up. <laughs> Like, like they're, they're saying you're homophobic. You're afraid uh, of, a, of a homosexual. What a silly thing to say. I said, it has nothing to do with a dislike for anyone. It's just that I know that at the end of the day, the decisions that go against what God said in his word is best for his creation only are going to bring sorrow and hurt and suffering. And so for that reason, you're never going to see me promote something or vote for something that I know is going to eventually bring sorrow. Because having a creator changes everything. And I have a creator. I know that I do. I said, you have a creator. And, you know, we were on that plane for hours and hours. And we ended up having just a phenomenal conversation. But the idea to him that he would have a creator was a compelling argument. We have an identity. We've been created on purpose. And our identity matters to God. It does. Think about it. Think about what you've created. I told you guys, I'm on a sourdough kick, right? So every loaf of sourdough, uh, I just got more banneton. I got a, an oval banneton basket. If you guys are getting on the sourdough kick with me, look it up. I got myself a little uh, banneton, oval banneton basket. And each loaf that I create has its own unique flair. And sometimes I'm the only one who notices. And even though the recipe is the same, no two loaves of sourdough bread are alike. And so when I give them to my neighbors, my family or my friends, I'm happy to see them doing what I made them to do, making the people that I give them to feel special. That's the purpose. Isn't it funny how a loaf of bread can make somebody feel loved? It's cheesy, I know, but I see a lot of similarities between our uniqueness and those loaves of bread, right? 
No two lemons are alike. No two humans are alike. We bring joy to our creator and then joy to others. You're the only you that will ever exist. There will never be another one like you in all of human history. You are God's creation. And I, you're not an afterthought. And so in the study, you guys will see this. Uh, I'm going to have you look up Exodus 35, 35, Ephesians uh, 2, verse 10, Hebrews 3, verse 4, 1 Peter 2, 9, 1 Timothy 4, 4, Jeremiah 1, 5. I want you to write these verses out because I want you to see that you're not an afterthought. And this is one reason why abortion grieves the heart of the creator. Every life, even those conceived in terrible circumstances, every life matters to God. And God does not make exceptions for who has purpose and who isn't. You are created in the image of God. And growing into the people that God has made us to be uh, is an extraordinary journey. And we're going to take it for the entire month of October. Uh, And I want you to see yourself as fearfully and wonderfully made. So take some time today to meditate uh, uh, on how God made you. Go back and listen to the podcast again. Write those verses down if you haven't already signed up for the MomStrong International study. But it is a beautiful study. Uh, God wants you to know that he loves you, that you've been made in his image. He created you to be a new creation, a new creation. According to 2 Timothy or 2 Corinthians, rather 5, 17, it declares that the moment you accept Jesus Christ, you became a new creation. The old things pass away, leaving new passions, new desires, new goals, new purpose. In other words, you're no longer going to find your identity in the things of this world, but rather you find them in the things of the Lord. That's the beginning of understanding who you are as it relates to the Lord and his word. You have been created on purpose with a purpose, and we're going to talk about it for the whole month of October. I cannot wait to do this with you. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be powerful, and I'm hoping it's going to be life changing as well. I am out of time for today. I hope you guys are uh, enjoying this this podcast. If you are, we'd love it if you'd leave reviews for the show over at iTunes or anywhere that you can leave reviews. Make sure and uh, and find a platform that you enjoy listening to it on. And this podcast is now available on almost every platform where podcasts are available. Share it on your social media. If you've got questions for me, I'd love to answer them. HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. We appreciate you guys. If you have questions, uh, I'll remind you, I'm going to start bringing my friend, Dr. Mark Sherwood on the show on a more consistent basis, and he's going to be answering medical questions. And so if you've got a question for Dr. Mark Sherwood, also you can leave that at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Have a great day, everybody. Tell the Lord today, thank you. Thank you that you made me in your image. Thank you that I'm loved and cherished just the way that I am. God loves you. and He really does have a wonderful, wonderful plan for your life. Have a great day. I will see you back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.